to not be talking about this and say, we do not know what that interview represented. What was a member of the British royal family, the Queen's son, doing, giving that interview? Was it in Buckingham Palace? Yes, I think it was. It was an insane event that happened where nobody came to a conclusion that makes that make any sense. I'd rather leave the problem open. Who was forced to do what by whom that that interview would ever be granted? Yeah, I can remember when it was first announced, having a sort of double take of like, this is not a good, this is not going to go well. And then the actual interview happened. And it was like I think it went brilliantly. Maybe. For us. For us. Right? It was effectively an admission that something is so off in the world, something that's so completely bizarre, that that thing would be produced. <laughs> <laughs> that was some sort of internal conflict. I don't know whether it was between the Queen and her son or the intelligence services or I don't know what. But it was it was sort of the sense that you have like almost a hostage video where the person has to behave so bizarrely as to send a message. And the message I got is, I'm going to lie, I'm going to fabricate, I'm going to say preposterous things in an effort to just put this to bed in the worst possible way. Like you want, you now all know never to ask me questions about this because I'm simply going to say the most outrageous <laughs> and insane things that I can possibly think of. I mean, as I said, I, it, it didn't twig at the beginning. It, it sounded like a terrible idea. But then I guess I rationalized it by thinking he's clearly got no self-awareness. Maybe he did think that he could clear his name. Nobody's that dumb. <laughs> Those questions were entirely expected. And the answers, if you, if you look at the amount of twinkle in the eye, I mean, he's clearly not a happy man. But he's saying absolutely ludicrous and preposterous things. I think that the effect is exactly the reverse. If I had to speculate, I really don't want to. I would say that this, this interview was given because an amount of pressure was put on a human being who decided that his life was effectively over in most senses. And this is the way he chose to go out, effectively making fun of the entire process. Yeah, but what's really interesting is I'm, I'm sort of aware, for example, the Royal Television Society Awards were two nights ago, the Journalism Awards, and the Prince Andrew interview won Scoop of the Year and Interview of the Year. So it's kind of been mm -hmm. rationalized. And I've, and I've seen people talk about how they got the interview. They, the Newsnight producer was trying hard and was on Buckingham Palace, like, which is kind of ludicrous, the idea that it was just the, <laughs> the um, dedication of the journalist keep continuing to ask for an interview that made Prince Andrew say, OK, you've asked me so many times. I mean, that in itself is kind of a ludicrous narrative, but it is a narrative that, that the mainstream, I've seen the mainstream media kind of... Um, integrate that whole thing into wow this is an amazing scoop you were dedicated and you got the story which is which is kind of ludicrous the idea that um so you see what i'm what i'm saying do you think andrew's off the hook now well by whom i mean not the public <laughs> for sure he essentially got fired after that interview not that he had a real job job but you know what i mean he was Quick, he was very firm at one part in that interview when she talked about the royals, plural. He said, oh, no, not them, just me, right? It's only me, and like distancing from everyone else. But they had to see that, too, and be like, what the f are you doing? You know, because he completely botched that. 
I don't think anybody watched that and thought, oh, yeah, I believe him. I mean, in the interview, he's saying he didn't see Epstein after that. And then she's like, but you spent the night at his house right after this picture was taken full of women. You know, it was so bad. And everyone knows what he did. But why haven't the authorities, like after, especially after that interview, continued to question him? How come he hasn't granted it? Why, get him to talk to the FBI. Like if Andrew had any... If he was a human being at all with any moral compass, any shred of humanity, he would just fess up and tell everything he knows so that some justice can have another. Like, ask for immunity, whatever. It's not going to hurt the royal family because it's just you that did it. Uh, and everyone knows you did it anyway. Um, he needs to say everything he knows about Gesling Maxwell and the rest of them. But he's not going to do it. That guy is so narcissistic and smells his own farts. And he, I really believe he was that stupid. And it's just like, man, they, they can botch something and be as obvious as that. I mean, there's photographic evidence of him next to Virginia and Gesling Maxwell. I mean, the, the fact that why do you even know a 17-year-old American girl that's in London? Like, what was she doing there at all? Now, it don't matter what room you were in or whether you put your arm around her or not. Like, what are you doing with a kid that is not your daughter or your niece or something? Like, I don't know any little teenage girls. Do you? You know, you who's from another country. You know, like, what are you doing together? Period. And he doesn't have any good answers. So it's, it's funny because Weinstein's not trying to be funny. I don't think he's dead serious. And you ought to give that journalist a medal for not cracking up because I can't listen to it without laughing. Even he says, what was that? <laughs> but yeah, it was a disaster. He's uh, Andrew's an idiot. But to answer your question, I think the public is not done with Prince Andrew. They they know what he did and they want answers. But what are they supposed to do? Because all the channels of authority are kind of ignoring this case and, and have ever since then. I mean, he was a little bit of life that was breathed into it was when Andrew did that interview. That got a lot of people interested in that wing and interested in this case again because it kind of tapered off with, you know, Trump attacking Soleimani and you know, other huge world events happened and Epstein just sort of went off the radar, which I'm glad you're bringing it back on the radar again. But, you know, Eric um, has some very pertinent questions. The only thing I disagree with is him thinking nobody's that stupid. I think I think he is that stupid. But uh, everything else, why isn't there more interest in this, right? I mean, by, we had the public has interest in that. Why isn't there more interest by states in this case? And the answer is because another state that they are allied with that has lots of dirt on other operations that the CIA and MI6 have done, mutually compromised, right, is involved, and so they can't do anything about it. Okay, just a few things to say there. Then I spoke to someone who would not come forward, who was actually at the club the night Andrew and Virginia were there, and she described the whole thing to me in a long phone call. And yeah, the public are um, very interested in this case. I've done almost 300 videos on this case now. And if people want to watch those, there's a link in the description box below this video to them. I interviewed Paul Page, who was Prince Andrew's Royal Protection Officer. And we've just launched our first ever documentary. If you're watching this and you've not seen it yet, it's called UK's Hidden Shadows. It's already going viral. And the first uh, section of that documentary is about Prince Andrew, Paul Page, the Royal Protection Officer. And he really details, you know, how Andrew puts on this public veneer. But behind the scenes, 
he was really uh, hostile and obscene to the workforce. So the link to UK's Hidden Shadows is also in the description box below this video. And I'll, I'll keep going with Weinstein. Really don't. I mean, oh, I'm so... One comment. Yep. Wasn't there a uh, UK television show with, like, puppets? Um, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Me and, me and my dad, every Sunday night, um, that would be the What was the name of, of that show? Spitting Image. That was like the highlight of my weekend yes. watching that with my dad. Um, well, and, and... In, in that, way back then, they had Randy Andy and made a whole musical about him and his the way he was with women and, and how he was and, and what a lark he was. And uh, that's the kind of thing you saw about Harvey Weinstein and stuff, too. People making jokes about it first before it wasn't funny because it all came out and he got convicted and thrown in prison for it. But, you know, Randy Andy was a known thing. That's the kind of prince he was in that spitting image. Uh, one of the puppets using that, according to one of the victims, was actually involved where he groped her breast and then and then had the puppet do it. And it, kinky weirdo stuff like that. Not as weird as Peter Nige and his diaper parties, but, you know, up there on that scale and so that is a, a sort of canary in the mind when you even when you see comedy shows and stuff kind of just playing off the rumors sometimes those rumors are true it turns out with andy it certainly was yeah and i was too under too young to understand it when i was watching that um spitting image program so is it pronounced peter nygaard how's it pronounced I've heard it both ways. I say Nagard because he's um, from Scandinavia, but you know maybe they say Nagard. I don't know. Okay, so you've you've That's, got some information on sound, him. But... Sounds too too close to another word, so I don't want to mess up YouTube, you know, by saying the other way. <laughs> Somebody um, there was an article here on the weekend about um, Prince Andrew during his stay at the Epstein's. I'm out of free. I'm out of free jail uh, party where Andrew was the guest of honor. Um, a model who was present at that party came out and said that they were watching the, the movie The Queen's Speech before it was officially uh, published. And uh, Andrew and Epstein um, were getting their toes massaged while they were watching this movie together. So she gave some details to, the, I think it was the Mail on Sunday here at the weekend. But yeah, l let us know what your thoughts on the on Peter um, Nigard, Nigard, however it's pronounced, um, on that case as well, please. Well, it, it, just a quick comment on the toe massage thing that's interesting, too, because according to victims, Andrew has a foot fetish. That's one of his things, his toes. <laughs> so, yeah, Fergie. I think it's I the think girl's, Fergie, girl's feet as well. But <laughs> Fergie was into something like that as well. Is that right? Yeah, there, I don't need or want to know that about people, but if you have some sort of detail like that and then, like, his wife or something can corroborate it, like, why did this little kid know about your foot fetish? You know what I mean? So it is evidence. So it is worth mentioning. Um, as far as Peter's case goes, it's a lot of really bizarre accusations. Now, his defense, which may be true, I don't think it is because of the info I'm getting, but is that uh, a rival and a neighbor of his has made this up and has coached all these victims into what to say. But it went from 16 to 18 to now like 46. It's getting that's a little complicated for you know revenge because if you if you're wrong then then he can be punished. But accordingly, he was into drugging girls and and having anal uh, sex with them. 
down in the Bahamas uh, and abusing young women and, you know, and and passing them around to the team. And, you know, that's really bad accusations, diaper parties, pamper parties and degeneracy, kind of like the the uh, Khashoggi abuse cruises. But just because something sounds really juicy and, and a real horrible story and it involves a rich tycoon who we all love to hate doesn't mean it's true. So I will reserve judgment for a little while. I mean, in my opinion, he's guilty. But as far as what we can prove, we don't have that slam dunk evidence like we have with Epstein. We do have a lot of accusers, but all of them are anonymous. And that is what it would just take one to come out and say, okay, this is my name. Now, they may be afraid, which is a perfectly legitimate explanation for being anonymous, but give that story some more time and let it fester because it's hard to get that many women to cooperate. And the questions you got to ask somebody like aren't about the abuse. Just say, what's the inside of his house look like? And this and that, like, what, because why are they supposed to know that? You know what I mean? Things that they wouldn't know unless they had been on that location and so on and so and can you prove you were there at that time that's the kind of stuff that has to be flushed out and it looks like so far that yes these victims were in the bahamas were in these locations and so you know his neighbor must have put an enormous effort to find all such people that you know match all of that evidence so that's why i'm leaning toward guilt but um for my standard i want more evidence still i want names so we shall see in the future how that pans out. But accordingly, this guy was a real pervert. And Prince Andrew was a friend and had been the... Uh, was mm -hmm. Epstein a friend? Epstein was a friend. Do you have so, any is there any anecdotes of what they got up to together? Well, what I have is kind of what you have. I was saying earlier, I have people coming forward that don't want to be outed. So, you know, I'm encouraging them to just come out with it but you know just give me a little bit of time on that and i hope we can get that out right now i've lost contact with a lot of people because of the the website issues and stuff but um because i have to have indian encryption and all that and i'm handicapped at the moment but i think that story is going to be huge as well and it's weird that there is such a lack of interest in such a juicy story that you know the public would be all over and it really isn't in hitting the airwaves. So that's oh. another tell. Okay, I'll continue with Eric. There's just a few minutes left. I'm so... What I'm saying is that it's already been rationalized within the mainstream media. The reason that that interview happened was because they were so dedicated and they pursued Prince Andrew and they asked Buckingham Palace and eventually they, they conceded and they gave the interview, which is kind of ludicrous. I'm saying it's ludicrous. Well, it is ludicrous. Yeah. But I guess, I mean, my expectation is, is that even if uh, the UK is no longer... The world power it once was. I, I presume you still have adults with IQs over seventy. <laughs> How could you possibly rationalize such a thing? I mean, we used to turn to you guys, uh, intelligence and sophistication. This seems the height of folly. If I had to say, this is much closer to a hostage video where the hostage is attempting to send a message that is clearly not the ostensible message on video. The really difficult part of the story, David, is, is that almost certainly we're talking about some kind of operation that was being run with knowledge of governments that may have involved pedophilia 
and was not shut down. And what I can't understand is um, what is it that is keeping some reporter from simply asking the questions that are on everybody's mind? Was this person connected to the intelligence services? Where was Ghislaine Maxwell's passport last seen? Why are we not talking to Les Wexner? Where are the trading records? What is the source of the fortune? It seems to me very clear that we have a missing fortune of Robert Maxwell and an unexplained fortune of Jeffrey Epstein. Are those...